Uh, we're reading Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through to 13. And you can find this on page 1672 of our Church Pew Bible. Philippians chapter 2, page 1672, commencing at verse 1. Would you please follow it along with me? Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. This ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Dudley. Uh, well, for those of us who are pretty new here, uh, one of our church practices uh, is that we start term one uh, uh, each year with writing, listing a few uh, personal commitments uh, to grow in Christ. Uh, often people commit to growing in Christ through uh, reading the Bible more or deeper or, or praying, uh, and, uh, but often people uh, write down uh, or commit to growing in a particular aspect of Christian character. Um, so real examples from the last few year, years are as follows. Um, uh, grow in uh, contentment with self and situation. Uh, someone wanted to grow in humility. Uh, someone wanted to stop the mock. Um, someone wanted to give thanks for God's blessing, consciously expressing gratitude to spouse and on Facebook. Uh, anyone recognise any of these? These are yours. Uh, now, it's, it's good for us to work on Christian character. Uh, Jesus often refers to Christian character uh, with, with agricultural images of fruitfulness. Uh, that is, our faith 
produces fruit. Uh, over the last few weeks, uh, we've seen the, the, the growing in Christ tree with the roots of faith uh, and uh, the word and spirit uh, and the context of that growth being the church. And uh, as Adam has said, now we're on to the fruit of that tree. Uh, Jesus speaks with a great, a great deal about fruits of faith. Uh, in the parable of the four soils, uh, Jesus shows the difference between the last two soils. I wonder if you remember it. Uh, verse 30, uh, 22 of uh, Matthew chapter 13. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Uh, in speaking about uh, the people of God in John 15, uh, Jesus says this, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Uh, verse 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Fruit is really important. Uh, of course, the Apostle Paul picks up this in Galatians, where he lists the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That is, as a result of engaging uh, God engaging with us by his Spirit, there is a definite fruit that grows that is like this. As a church, we want to glorify God by growing in Christ. I mean, growing in Christ involves growing in Christ-like character. Uh, and so over the next three weeks, we, we're going to see three particular kinds of fruits of faith. They're broader categories of Christian growth. Uh, this week, uh, Christ-like service. Next, next week, Christ-like grace. And, and uh, the final week, uh, Christ-like gospel-heartedness. Uh, now, these are the broad categories that are of fruit that we're going to look, look at over the next three weeks. So I take it you're with me on this. You want to grow in this way. Uh, you want to grow in Christ and you want to grow in character. I guess the question remains, how? <laughs> so, so we want to do it, but how? How do we go about this? Well, there are many places you can go to uh, for this in the Bible. Uh, but today I, I want us to spend a, a bit of time reflecting on uh, the how of character development in the book of Philippians that Dudley just read for us. See, in the book of Philippians, we were there in 2020 as a church, uh, we, we see an apostle under pressure uh, writing to a church that's under pressure. Uh, the church was under pressure of division and disunity, and the, uh, the apostle was writing to them to encourage them to bear the fruit of Christian unity. Uh, he wanted to see the fruits of faith growing on that Philippian tree. Uh, in, in 127, he says oh, he, he wants to see lives lived in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Um, stand firm in one spirit. Strive together as one for the faith of the gospel. The apostle knows uh, that this church need what this church needs is, a, is an attitude of service, demonstrating those fruits, um, the love, joy, peace, patience, those kind of fruits that work towards unity. Uh, he wants to see the fruit of the gospel in this church that is so threatened by division. How does he go about it? He doesn't go to work on the fruit. Uh, firstly, he goes to work on the roots of the tree. 
That's where he starts. He doesn't start with the fruit. He starts with the roots. And so that's what I want to spend uh, some time looking at first. And then secondly, he looks to Jesus, particularly Jesus' descent and ascent as the model for us uh, in uh, growing uh, in, in this faith. So let me take the first. Uh, firstly, the fruits of faith, uh, we've got to work on the roots of the tree. Um, do you notice what the Apostle Paul doesn't do? He doesn't say, here are the fruits I want to see, just get better at them. Okay, just show more love. He doesn't say that, does he? Um, or he doesn't do what I do at home when there's a fight. Not that there's ever a fight in our home. Um, uh, he doesn't say, just stop fighting. Just stop fighting, you two. Um, uh, you should be more loving. He doesn't, doesn't do that either, does he? Um, uh, he doesn't go to the outputs, the moral behaviour. Rather, he goes to the inputs, uh, the roots uh, of faith rather than the fruits of faith. Um, uh, so, so have a look with me. Uh, Philippians 2, 1 to 2. You got that there in front of you that Dudley read for us? Uh, Philippians 2, verse 1. Listen where he starts. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do you notice where he starts? He starts with the motivation, the inputs. He doesn't start with try harder. He starts with who are you in Christ? Let's begin there. Uh, you see how he starts with union in Christ? Uh, we, we saw that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, right motivation actually starts there. Um, Remember we talked about being on the Christ plane, going where Christ is going, uh, being united in Christ. He starts there. Uh, if you draw any comfort from being in Christ, if you draw any comfort from being on the Christ plane, this is where the fruit starts. Uh, channel uh, that comfort into your desire to serve the church, to build the church up with loving, united works of service. But be motivated by God's input rather than starting with your output. Um, even with all the comfort that comes from being on the Christ playing united with Christ, there's even more comfort to be had. He goes there. Remember the comfort of God's love, he says. That is, remember that God's mercies are new every morning. Uh, remember that our Father is merciful and compassionate. Remember that our Father longs for the return of wayward children. You know, again, he's directing us to God's love. We, we remember God's love. Um, but there's more. Uh, the fellowship or the partnership with God's Spirit. It says, if any fellowship with the Spirit. Uh, that is, as you go to work on your behaviour, as you go to work on your character, first remember where change comes from. Change comes from because God has sent his Spirit into the world to convict the world of, uh, of sin. Uh, God sent his Spirit into the world to draw us under Christ. Start there. If you've got partnership with the Spirit... That's where change is going to happen. Uh, so these are all inputs. They're, these are all starting with the motivations. And through focusing on them, that is the key to the motivation that we have for then working on our character. So, so, so through the love of God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we are in such an honoured position. And it's from the comfort of that position 
being united with Christ, being loved by the Father, and being united by uh, uh, being in fellowship with the Spirit, that we then move to that character development, the fruits of faith, that we might be like-minded, serving one another in love. I wonder, which of these two trees are you more like? Are you more like the Christmas tree or the lemon tree? Let me talk you through it. Uh, I mean, I love the smell of uh, a real Christmas tree. Um, I love the look of a Christmas tree. You know, the lights that are placed evenly, you know, the colours that are bright and not clashing, you know, just getting that right. Every time you step into that room, you get that lovely smell and the lovely sight of the Christmas tree. And then, of course, there's the lemon tree. Uh, I planted a lemon tree in our yard two years ago, and guess how many lemons I've got? Zero. Yeah, none. My pancakes have gone mouldy as I've waited for lemon from that tree. There were flowers this year. Perhaps this is a, a, a year that fruit will come. As Christians, which tree are we like? Uh, Christmas trees look nice, they smell nice, but of course all the time underneath they're slowly dying. Whereas this lemon tree, the progress looks so slow, but the fruit that grows grows as a result of life rather than hasty decoration. I think we all know this too, don't we? Like um, when, when a lemon starts to grow, let's be positive here. When, when my first lemon starts to grow and I see just that little bud, what should I do? Um, should, should I uh, get out there every day with a little bit of a, a rag and polish it? You know, should I splash a bit of water on it? Should I splash a bit of fertilizer on it? No, 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 roots before fruits. I'm no gardener, but I know that if, if that, that fruit was to grow, it would grow through what's going on in the roots, with the fertiliser on the roots, the water on the roots, uh, and, and that internal health of the tree. As gardeners, even bad gardeners like me, we, we know we, we deal with roots before fruits. It's possible to get fixated on the fruits of faith, that we want to see change in our life yesterday, and we chastise ourselves for not being better. And we go to work in the same way that we dress a Christmas tree. We just try and make ourselves look better. That's not the approach, is it? It's so important to start at the right place, as Paul encourages us in Philippians. We go to work on the roots of the tree, starting with a relationship with God and Jesus, being fed by his word, being engaged and working, worked in by his spirit. The fruit grows, perhaps not fast. Perhaps it grows slower than we want, but it grows. That's what the apostle does with the Philippians. There is fruit that's needed. It's a church under pressure. It's facing challenges to unity. But he goes to work on the, the roots rather than the fruits. So firstly, in, in reordering our motivations, we start with reviewing our inputs before the outputs. We want to go to work on the, uh, go to work on the roots before the fruits. Now, now, secondly and relatedly, in the process of working on the roots before the fruits, the, the apostle um, helps direct our gaze towards Jesus, uh, noticing his descent and his ascent, um, uh, taking a lower role before being united uh, with uh, the Father, you know, with, with, with God in glory. Uh, have a look at uh, Philippians 2 verse 3. Uh, Do nothing out of selfish ambition 
or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Do you hear that? You expect to hear that, don't you? But it is revolutionary. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others better than yourselves. Better is a weird word in both those translations, and better better speaks to quality. Um, uh, He's a better musician. She's a better writer. Uh, I mean, it would be odd to pretend that uh, Tristan was a better musician than me. Tristan is a better musician than me, right? That's not quite the point, is it? Um, Here it's not speaking so much of quality as position. Uh, The idea in the original word is consider them of surpassing value to yourself. Consider them over you in authority. Uh, I think the ASV picks it up when it says count others more significant. That's the kind of idea. So so how do I do this? Um, How do I descend in importance and significance? Um, I mean, I might notice that Tristan and his team are here late on Thursday night recording uh, songs for both services. I haven't done this, by the way, uh, but but if I did, how would I consider him and that team more significant? Well, I'd go over there afterwards and help them pack up or I might mention that church, how I appreciated our singing today or, or something like that, right? That's how I'd consider uh, him, the music team, more significant than me. It's funny, we talk about serving at church, don't we? And we we often talk about, and I talk about, roles, um, jobs, tasks, vocations. Uh, But of course, behind each of them is just the act of service. That is the act of being a slave, being a a servant. It's being a servant for others, slaving for others, descending before others, considering others more significant. That's actually behind, that's, that's behind each of the serving roles, isn't it? I mean, being served comes naturally. Being a servant, well, that's entirely different, isn't it? We're called upon to count the people around us as more significant than ourselves. Uh, You are their slaves. We don't have slaves. You are their cleaners. You are their waiters. This way of thinking is just so foreign to us, isn't it? Let me ask you this. Do you consider what we're doing here uh, to be more like a restaurant or a family dinner? If we view church as a restaurant, we'll sit with the people we want to sit with, uh, we'll choose what we want from the menu and wait to be served. Uh, We'll complain if the service is too slow or the food is not to our liking. Uh, We'll see it as our right because we pay the bill. Finally, we go home leaving someone else to clean up the mess. Viewing church as a family meal is entirely different. Uh, So we don't choose who we sit next to. In fact, we chat with everyone because that's what you do in a family, isn't it? Even the uncles we find hard to chat to. Uh, Why? Well, because we're family and we share our lives together. Uh, At a family meal, we're involved in serving, whether it be cooking or cleaning or setting the table. Apart from the layabout brother watching TV... We let him know what we think um, uh, and we all move on, right? Um, at a family meal, our food is not uh, uh, chosen from a menu. Instead, we eat what's put in front of us. And even if the food is a bit average, we don't complain. We thank the one who prepared it because we love them. We appreciate what they've done. If church for you is more like a restaurant, that's very natural. But it's natural because it's the pattern of the world. 
the pattern of the world is to chase results for me. You know, schooling, sporting, sport, uh, shopping, well, I want what's best for me and my family. Uh, church as a restaurant is, is incompatible with this picture we see here in Philippians, seeing others as more significant than ourselves. Our motivation to serve at church, we must descend before we ascend. We need, must humble ourselves before the Lord, before he lifts us up. There's no better example of that than Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm sure you heard this as Dudley read this glorious passage for us. Uh, but, of course, this is precisely the trajectory that Jesus took. Have a look at Philippians 2, verse 5 to 11. Your attitude should be the same of that as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, this is the, this is the bungee jump that Jesus did, right? He, he, he divinely reigned and yet took on the stuff of humanity, made himself nothing, became a slave. Uh, and he emptied himself, himself for us. Uh, 2,000 years ago, there was a change. Um, uh, God, the second person of the Trinity, allowed himself to become a baby. Uh, that is astonishing. In, in a world where people won't cross the road to help you, God crossed the boundary of divinity to side with you, with us, in our fallen state. Looking after number one just looks ridiculous compared to Jesus. And what's more, he didn't just go from heaven to earth. He went from earth to the cross. The hand that flung stars into space was strung up with Roman nails. We talk about descending before each other, but this descent takes the cake, doesn't it? We talk about motivation. Our motivation starts here. Uh, but please don't miss this. After the descent, the glorious ascent take place. Have a look at verse 9. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's quite odd. Uh, sometimes at an invitation service, when a simple gospel message is preached, uh, many of us sit there thinking, hmm, this message is for someone else. I know that Jesus died for me, I already know that. But what the apostle is reminding the church in Philippi is this, that the simple gospel is at the heart of everything we do. It's at the heart of the way that we treat each other, this simple gospel message. It's not for someone else, it's for us. We never get beyond the gospel in our growing in faith to something more advanced. The, the gospel is not the first step on a stairway of truths. The gospel is the roots, at the roots of the tree of faith. We keep going back there. The gospel is not just the ABC. It's, it's the A to Z of growth in Christ. This simple gospel is actually the way we grow. Let me sum up. Where have we been today? When we want to grow in Christ, part of that is growing in character. 
in, in growing Christ-like character. We don't start with the fruits, what that character looks like, the output. We actually go back to the roots of the, uh, the, the, the faith tree. We, we, we go back to the inputs of faith. We start with the roots of faith and God's word and God's spirit. We commit to being refreshed in our unity with Jesus, our partnership with God's spirit. Uh, and doing that waters the roots of the slow-growing lemon tree of our faith uh, rather than just the window dressing of the Christmas tree. Uh, the apostle, uh, writing to the church under pressure in Philippi, then draws this compelling picture of the descent of Jesus, how he descended before he ascended, uh, using that model of how we're to consider others more worthy, considering others as what they're doing as more important than what we're doing. We need to descend before we ascend. Uh, that's how we develop the fruits of the Christian faith, that Christ-like character that we're chasing. We start with the roots before the fruits. We start with descending before ascending. Uh, now, I know you expect me to finish with a prayer or invite you to join me in singing, and I will do that. But I thought it would be great to hear from one of our fantastic student ministers on this issue of serving, uh, because I think we're all on uh, different journeys of serving. And so welcome, Soph. Uh, I, uh, why don't you come and stand up here, Soph? Uh, so we're all on a bit of a journey of serving, and, and Sophie is too, and uh, I thought it'd be great to hear from Sophie about her journey of, of, of service. Uh, so tell us, Sophie, how's your thinking on serving changed? Yeah, so um, I think I used to think about serving as a, a really good thing to do, um, but that it wasn't totally uh, essential. It was really good, um, but not totally necessary to do. Um, and I think one of the other things I also thought uh, was that it was sort of a, a duty and a favour that I was doing to my church. Um, and I also thought that as life progressed and as I got older, I could slowly, gradually step away from serving um, as well, which, I mean, there's some truth to that as capacity in life changes. Um, but I think all of these preconceptions I had about serving sort of changed when I went on this uh, beach mission. We were doing like running some kids programs at a church on the Central Coast and um, we were sitting in this kind of leader's team time and the minister got up and sort of presented this story which he said was not of anyone in particular but was actually of many people that he'd seen. And he said it starts off with somebody who's young and full of energy and lots of time doing lots of serving involved in, you know, helping out with the kids program, uh, reading the Bible at the front of church, going to growth group, uh, going to church every week. Um, but as they got older and started full-time work, they started stepping back from the heavier serving and maybe just read the Bible at church and did growth group and went to church every week. But then as they got married or had kids, um, life got more busy and so they stepped away from the small serving that they were doing and just attended growth group and just attended church. And then as kids' responsibilities got bigger, there was lots of extracurricular activities to go to and responsibilities at work grew more and more, they stepped back from growth group for a bit, only went once in a while. And then as life continues on, they stop going to growth group altogether. And then they stop going to church altogether. I think I was quite challenged at how familiar that story sounded because so many people that I'd seen at church had followed a similar pathway. And I think I realised whilst serving and going to church doesn't make you a Christian, doesn't save you, it helps you stay a Christian. Um, and I think that's something that I've 
been changed to think about to view my life as a lifetime of serving um, to church. Yeah. And so tell me, how has how's serving actually changed you, do you think, in, in doing that and taking on a different approach? Like, how, how, how are you changed by your serving? I think um, it's encouraged me in lots of ways and challenged me in lots of ways. I think one thing that it's changed about me that I wasn't quite expecting was um, how connected it made me uh, feel uh, to the church. And I think, like, for example, when I'm serving in kids' time, I've probably got much closer relationships with Abby and with Hannah. Um, we get to spend lots of time together and have conversations with each other, um, probably more than I could have at morning tea. Uh, so it made me feel... Uh, very connected, very known, and I was a part of something that was bigger than myself as well. Um, it's a bit like when you move house and you never quite feel at home until you've set up the kitchen. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Or when you're at somebody else's um, house, a close friend, you probably feel most comfortable and at home in their house once you know your way around their kitchen and vice versa. You know, you can help yourself to a cup of cup of coffee or a cup of tea or you help them do the washing up. I think it's a bit like that at church. Um, I think it's hard to feel connected or that people know you or that you're a part of the church until you know your way around the kitchen, so to speak, in that you, you get involved and you get stuck into things and, yeah, you're a part of the church because you contribute to it. I guess it's a bit like that in 1 Corinthians with the body, each part doing its work and that's how you're a part of the body. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing that, Sophie. Why don't you stay there and uh, we'll, we'll pray together and uh, then we'll sing together. Let me lead us in prayer. Uh, dear Father, we thank you uh, for the people uh, who you've put in our lives, who've spoke, spoken the truth in love to us. Uh, thank you for those who have done that in Sophie's life. And uh, we, th we thank you uh, that she's doing the same in the lives of others. Uh, we, we pray for each of us that you might grow us in Christ, uh, grow us in the Christ-like character of service together uh, so that we might be the growing body of your son Jesus Christ built up in love as each part does its work we pray this in his name amen